Things are heating up with Kat, Pete loses his sex shop virginity, and guys, are we about to get Holmes schooled? We've got all that and more here on the Crashing After Show, plus a very, very special guest that I'm very excited about, coming up right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Little Fitty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, in some ways, not quite right for the show, but in some ways, so right for the show. Like, unbelievable. I feel like cats bring a lot of cool to this show. I'm so glad you feel that way. Yes. In fact, you guys, for you podcast listeners, you're hearing the voice of Madeline Weiss herself, who plays Cat on the show. Madeline, we're so excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Good. And Thank of course, of course, it's we're so excited about it. I'm not alone because I've also got Mina here. Hey, guys. Mina, so glad to have you as well. Super excited to be here. I love this week's episode. So I did too. So I have so glad. many thoughts. And guys, you know me. My name is Jeff Graham. Sweet Pete super fan, uh, fan of Crashing, <laughs> love this show. Today we'll be covering season three, episode three, yeah. called The Secret. And um, as always, we start with our overall thoughts. So, uh, Mina, let's start with you. How did you feel about season three, episode three, The Secret? I loved it. I even brought my my little The Secret book. I did feel like you? I brought this nice. into the universe. That? Did you have that already? No, I literally bought it recently, <laughs> and I kept thinking, I need a reason to read this. I haven't read it. I need to read it. Oh and God. the funniest thing is that I was watching this episode, and it was like a reminder for me yeah. to read it, because I yeah. saw the title, and I was like, huh, it probably has nothing to do with that. And then I kept watching. Oh, you manifested it. it. You yes. manifested it. Yeah. I literally felt like I manifested yeah, you it. You set an intention to read that book, <laughs> and then forgot, and then... <laughs> crashing made that intention it seriously did so like everything that the vision boards that you were talking about that i used to think is oh this is so silly this is so ridiculous yeah i did my vision board already everything's done a lot of people have been tweeting at me like i'm making a vision board this weekend (laughs) (laughs) which is like i don't know if they're for real but i support it cat has a way of like emulating behavior that i usually roll my eyes at but something about her energy and like her confidence and self-assurance makes it all so right (laughs) i don't know if that makes sense or not but no i think it's like usually i feel sort of similarly as like that kind of thing often is a bit of a turnoff and i'm just like uh like a vision board is like too much it's too much work but uh or it's just like extra uh you know yeah and but but I think there's something, the lesson, I guess, is, like, you just have to be fully confident. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you turn off your own bullshit meter, like, it disarms other people's bullshit meters, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's no, that's my... a really good way to put it. There's something, like, so, I feel like when you first meet Kat, you're like, this could be, like, the ironic girl who, like, you know, like, makes fun of the type of people on Instagram that might make you roll your eyes or yeah. she'd be the kind of person who would like sit down with them and try to have an earnest conversation with them because she seems to really, yeah, kind of like give a shit about the people around her. Yeah. She's super sincere in yeah. a way that, um, that feels sort of unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly is like not something that comes necessarily naturally to me as yeah. a person. And I think is also not what we often see when we see like cool girlfriend characters. On Especially TV. in New York. I feel yeah. like in New York, it's like so like, you know, cool. This is more like yeah. a, almost like a West coast 
typo. I know. It felt I, th- I got Midwestern yeah. vibes from her too. Like yeah. because you're so sweet. Like <laughs> she's from the East Coast. The characters from the East Coast. As am I. But, but like, I think you're always like, like supporting Pete you know, Holmes. Your character's always like just saying like you can do sweet. this. You're gonna do. And it was just such a refreshing thing to see. Like someone who's like that confident and still edgy, yeah. but mm-hmm. has kindness. Because you usually don't see both qualities mixed together. It's usually yeah. the cool girl who's kind of abrasive or. Uh, the really sweet girl who yeah. never really gets yeah. what she wants. Yeah, I know. You can have it all. I guess. <laughs> I think Kat has it all. Well, um, well in terms we'll of today's episode, we will be breaking down this episode, of course. I have a special um, stand-up feature. We're going to be featuring David Tell today, of course, because um, got to honor the king. And then, um, <laughs> finally, we'll be doing a little spotlight on Madeline. So super excited to pick your brain, not only about this show, yeah. but... Beyond. Let's also well. do a little spat light. It's a like, little spat it's light. Like when you have a spat, but it's but like it's, it's light. You know, it's a light it's spat. Not too intense. <laughs> yeah, we don't fight too. A light spot, spotlight. I love it. Okay. Um, in terms of breaking down the episode, I want to yeah. start with Pete and Kat's sort of personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Then talk about um, professional Pete and how Kat <laughs> is sort of like worming her way into his professional life yeah. and whether or not it's good or bad because I think the show was a little ambiguous about how Pete felt about all of this. Yeah. So I'll be interested to dive into that. And finally, Leaf shows up and we just have to talk about Leaf. Um, <laughs> we always have to talk about Leaf. Always have to talk about Leaf. Yeah. So let's start. Um, Pete and Kat come out with a bang literally and figuratively <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. I, we've never seen Pete so sexually awakened by a character on this show. Yeah. Little freaky Pete. Little freaky Pete. <laughs> um, how do you feel, like, both as a character and then as much as you want to open up about that experience on set would be super interesting oh, for sure. our listeners, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, it was important to Pete and the writers and, and everybody to sort of, like, show this new side of Pete. And mm-hmm. and it feels like he, he's just, like, getting out of the comfort zone that he's existed in for the whole first two seasons yeah he's a little buttoned up and he's a little nervous and i think um yeah so so like the sex and then also going to the sex shop Mm -hmm. was very much a part of this sort of like we're we're forcing him to do things that make him uncomfortable and i mean well the sex shop is making him uncomfortable presumably the sex is not making him feel uncomfortable like it seems like he's enjoying it he seems to enjoy it in the episode (laughs) yeah yeah those scenes were really they were actually like kind of fine to Mm -hmm. shoot i was really nervous about that but we have a lovely hbo has um an intimacy consultant yeah i've heard about this really lovely woman named alicia who um started out as a fight choreographer which is sort of a funny thing to realize like that those two things are so similar or can be so similar and and so she was on set and and we just like while we all still had our clothes on we like choreographed Mm what the sex moves would be and then um pete and i both like put on insane little flesh colored things to cover our <laughs> our like, bits our bits it was like we both just looked like barbie dolls like you just <laughs> yeah. have like a pubic mound where like <laughs> it's like it's like the same color but there's just like there's no like uh he like pete was wearing like what i call a banana hammock where yeah. it's just like a little like a flesh colored sack that everything was in and i had like a piece of like a large rectangular piece of moleskin that just like you know like you you it's like a like a bandage like a sticky bandage that just like went over all of that um and it was nice it was like they like cleared out the set it was like just gilly and our director uh and then like our our dp and i think 
and maybe there were two camera ops. It was one or two camera ops. Now it's all a blur because it was sort of like weird. Um, I'm sure. But there were no sound people. It, it was like so intimate. And then also Alicia, the intimacy consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, it's sure. ultimately fun. And I remember at one point Pete was like, he was like, this is so weird because like as your friend, I am trying to prevent you from having like your boobs constantly exposed. <laughs> so I'm doing this like friendly thing of of keeping you decent, but that means that I am putting my hands on your breasts. <laughs> and I was like, I was grateful, but it's also like, yeah, that is a super bizarre thing to do as a friendly gesture. <laughs> it's so funny. Alison Brie was talking about, do you watch Glow? I watched only the pilot and I loved it. And then I just, well, it's actually I'm in the pilot. You, it's all good. That show's amazing. So yes, definitely go back and I check it out. It. The cast is incredible. It's, I love everything about that yeah. show, but she was talking about how, in her first sex scene, it was like her scene partner who she had worked with for so long was being like so respectful and gentlemanly that she was like a little offended. Yeah. Like I get that like this is friendly, but like we've gotta act here. Like get yes, into this yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Pete quoted at one point this was recently that uh I think it was when we were in San Francisco doing some press stuff and Pete quoted Sean Connery, I think, <laughs> who told his female co-star, he was like, I apologize in advance if I get a hard-on, and I apologize <laughs> if I don't. Uh, that's a, the worst Sean Connery impression in the world. That's my worst. favorite Sean Connery <laughs> I was gonna say. I just jumped I could, up my list. I could probably do a worse one, or I could also do a better one. But I, I loved that quote because it's sort of like... Uh yeah, it's it's a really weird job is mm-hmm. to sort of like pretend to be fucking somebody that right. you're, you're friends with, but it was lovely and it was uh, you know we had a fun time. I thought it was tasteful. Like I thought the show handled it well. Yeah, and, I think yeah. that scene turned out. It's it's like oh, I'm not mortified to think no. that like you know everyone who's known me since I was six years old is you know watching. It's part of the job. I mean, like it's again, it's and the show's so elegant and well constructed that it's it's yeah. character development. You know, like it's totally because it's significant for Pete. And yeah. like Mina, I'm wondering, how did you feel seeing our sweet virginal Peter, <laughs> you know, oh, this awakening? How did yeah. you feel about it? Yeah. Well, I'm all caught up, so now everything kind of makes sense to yeah. me. <laughs> if you guys um, uh, didn't see last week, Mina comes in having only seen episode or season two, episode two, and we're talking about it, she's just like, I was wait, like, what I thought, happened? I felt oh, like I no. went into like, a coma, yeah. and then I woke up, oh, and no. I was like, all these things happened. What What is oh, happening no. right now? Yeah. Um, Pete and Allie broke but... up. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, no. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, for anyone who goes into a coma, and wakes up and just yeah. sees how our world yes. is now. I just yeah. wonder, like, how people come to terms with that. But um, no, I, I, uh, I really like the dynamic between you guys. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. so genuine, and it's so weird how quickly it progresses. Because usually you think when something is happening that quickly, then it's just gonna fall apart super yeah. quickly too. But yeah. it feels so solid, and I love how like you're always like, oh, three week anniversary, four week anniversary. I know, I know. Um, it's insane. I yeah, it's interesting to see how he it has become more open sexually as well because we yeah. never really expect that from his character being like yeah. this devout Christian who kind of has a, s- a certain way of being. He's, like, grown a lot where he's become more open to things that he used to feel yeah. was a little taboo. Yeah. But publicly, he still feels a little bit ashamed. Yeah, I mean, that's a really hard thing to navigate, and I think it's also part of his development just as a human being in terms of, like, um, later on in the season, and this isn't a spoiler, it's 
it's been in all the promo stuff is like he's sort of he's doing the Christian circuit like mm-hmm. the Christian comedy circuit and he's sort of trying to figure out if that's like where he really wants to be and um, and I think the sex stuff is is all part and parcel of that of, of like he's doing this sort of self-examination and he's really trying to figure out who he is mm-hmm. and um, and he has not previously really been a person who gets down and dirty mm-hmm. Um now I'm thinking it's so appropriate that we started the show with <laughs> you planned that um, the whole time I know you? I did. no I heard it in the car and I was like this is the perfect song you manifested it. I manifested it yeah. I really like the more <laughs> I think the secret is real I'm like more and more convinced that the secret is a totally viable I'm like real thing. so I hate this about myself but I'm like so the roll your eyes guy with yeah. that stuff and we were talking a bit about horoscopes before the show but since moving to LA maybe I'm like a little more open minded yeah. to that stuff yeah um, <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and move on to yeah. the pleasure chest now, because I feel like that's a great tie-in. Um, this is another example of, I think, Kat really opening up Pete's world in a totally non-pushy way, Yeah, which I love. Like, I feel like she... This is an example where I thought, I think maybe Kat wouldn't have expected herself to be with someone like this. But the way... I, it's fun to see you kind of educate Pete in this stuff. Yeah. And I love that this was handled so non-judgmentally, which I really appreciated, too. Or, well, what I, I like, actually, is that it's like he is kind of being judgmental. He and then she calls him on it. Right. And, um, which I love. And I, I also... Something that feels cool about that scene is that... Uh, or, like, part of the dynamic, part of their dynamic is that, like, Pete is always doing bits and Kat calls him on it and she's mm-hmm. often like stop doing bits like like this isn't funny this is a serious thing and you're making me feel ashamed and I shouldn't feel ashamed right and and like I really um I feel like again that's that's a part of Pete's like learning process and growing process and I sort of feel like you know we've seen him we've only ever seen him with with women with whom he has like massive um overlaps of experience Mm. where like Jess is like they grew up in the church together and they're super they have that massive shared vocabulary and then Allie is a comic and so they have that massive shared vocabulary and I sort of feel like if Pete were to go to a sex shop I don't think he would go with Jess but if he were to go with maybe he would. <laughs> I think he might, but they would yeah. make it a joke, wouldn't they? would they? make it a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. if he were to go with Allie, they would be doing bits all over the place. You're right. And, um, and I think that it's, that it's really sort of lovely to see that communication and to, to, like, see the two of them sort of having a moment of, like, what could be uh, friction and, like, what could be sort of a scary, like fight in a mm-hmm. in an early relationship and and have her sort of explain level headedly. I think it's like one of my favorite things about Kat as a character is that she is so in touch with herself and mm-hmm. she's like so um like honest with herself about what she wants and she's honest with other people about what she expects and what she needs and um I think there's something really empowering about that totally. about like having the ability to say to your boyfriend like what you're doing sucks yeah definitely <laughs> but, but not moment. because it just like but it sucks because it's hurting me not just like arbitrarily yeah suck all it's the time. a vulnerability totally totally which is really cool yeah it is a vulnerability and it's like um yeah there's something uh, like she's honoring the fact that she like wants to be with him by by being vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and like allowing him to know these things about her definitely yeah 
Um, so, I mean, I have a question for you. When we got to the scene where Pete opens up to Kat about, like, you look just like a porn star. I, I used to have a monogamous relationship. I'm thinking about that right now. I was so surprised by the way this scene played out. Were you ex- I thought this might be the end of Kat and Pete. Like, I love the way this was written and directed. Yeah. Were you on eggshells like I was during this yeah, scene? Yeah, I totally... I, no, I totally predicted you would go and get a vision board and say, yeah, I, I predicted it Mina's all. Mina's really smart. I'm so. pointed to a picture of Prince William. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I, I felt it. Yeah, I really wanted um, to be a picture of Bo Bridges, like a young, oh, a young or Bo Val Kilmer, lesbian yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> lesbian Val Kilmer. That's what he calls himself. He does look like lesbian Val Kilmer. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I thought, yeah, I wouldn't want to, someone to tell me that I look like the porn star version, or the, yeah, I, don't I look think like it would a porn star. Like, it would bother me, like, oh, I'm yeah. like the second rate version of a girl you used to <laughs> masturbate to. Like, all right. Yeah, it's like not my favorite. I don't think it's that thing. flattering. That's why I was like, I thought that you felt your character felt insulted in that clip yeah well that's what I loved about how Gillian directed that moment Mm -hmm. was she was sort of like uh (laughs) she was like when you sit up like look pissed she just was sort of like don't tip your hand as to what's gonna happen Mm. because I think she wanted people to have the moment that you guys are describing (laughs) she nailed it yeah totally yeah totally and I remember at the time being like there's no way this is gonna work like it's not gonna make any sense I'm like why would I be sitting up and looking furious if I'm actually just thinking like I have to show him my vision board. <laughs> right. But I think it does make sense. It's sort of like, mm, like, am I gonna reveal this freaky thing about myself to well, a person that I've only started dating recently? I guess it's true that Cat, as much as that might annoy her, she'd really appreciate his honesty totally. because that's so your character's policy. Yeah. That like maybe in that moment if you're angry, you're like, you know what? I can't fault him for telling the truth. Yeah. I guess. This is sort of how I took yeah. it. It's also kind of sweet to learn that <laughs> he, he was monogamous with his porn star. <laughs> like, I think that's the cutest thing in the world. It's very Pete. It's, it's very Pete. Pete. Um, it's, it's sweetie Pete. Sweet Pete. Well, speaking of vision boards, let's transition into Pete's professional life this um, yeah. episode. Because Cat yeah. really kind of, I don't want to say worms her way in, but maybe wedges herself into Pete's professional life. Yeah. And decisions that I both kind of questioned and embraced by the way this was played out. And again, I think Gillian did such a good job. That's Gillian Robespierre, guys, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. But she directed this kind of ambiguously as well, where, like, I don't know if we were supposed to really approve of Kat's (laughs) decision-making, especially she started drinking. Yeah. But it played out in kind of a nice way for Pete. How did mean about it before you speak on it, um, mm-hmm. Madeline? How did you feel about this? About, oh, about Mina. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard Madeline. Um, he was throwing him around. He was I'm throwing it all. You know, okay. Yeah. So I have mixed feelings about interfering in in someone's professional life like that. Because for me, I don't know how I feel like having someone come into it that quickly. Yeah. I like to kind of keep things separate. Um, yeah. I just think it's like a lot. Um, Especially after a three-week anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the results were great, and her intentions were great. Mm-hmm. I love that she just so. wanted the best for him, and she's like, you know, you have to do this. You're going to, you can't just be scared and, like, avoid this at all costs. And then they get front row center, <laughs> and it happens to work out perfectly. And I love how you're just so loyal to him, and you defend him and say how funny he is, and you kind of are, like, ripping apart everyone else. <laughs> that yeah. was my favorite scene. Me too. Um but no, I don't I don't like the idea of like inserting yourself in someone else's professional life without their consent. I feel like that's like really sticky territory and especially when it's something like entertainment or comedy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these people have to maintain the facade of being single because it hurts their career if they're seen as 
oh, they're with someone else. It kind of, like, drives down oh their value. God, really? So a lot of people don't want to be seen as in a relationship, especially, like, it, like even with Instagram. Like, it kind of kills your following if you're a hot female or hot man and then you have, like, mm, I bet someone right. with you. I bet you're right. Because I always sort of, like, I recently um, <laughs> was Googling James Blake, uh, the singer, mm-hmm. the musician. Oh my God, the, the hat! The fedora, by the way, in honor of Pete's professional <laughs> advancement. Insane. I wore a fedora. For you podcast listeners, I look like garbage, and I'm wearing a fedora in the studio. So he's check us a, out on YouTube. He's wearing a fedora over headphones. It's which great, is incredible. Yeah. Um, but I recently, it was like uh, James Blake, like made some beautiful comment about uh, about like stop how we need to stop making fun of men for being soft boys or so it wasn't mm. soft boys but he was sort of like it's so stupid to to mock men for having feelings and emotions because that's like poisonous and it it may means that men don't have an outlet for their emotions and i read the statement and i was like hot yeah. <laughs> and googled james blake to be like can i marry him and and then once i saw that he's in a relationship i was like is he seen Jamila Jamil? Yeah, is that right? which is yeah. actually very cool. It is it's really like, cool. Yeah. It, like they're like a hot couple, but I I just posted her stuff on Instagram. Oh my god, law yeah. of attraction, <laughs> everything. We're, yeah, She's everything is connected. They both yeah. are. They're so cool. They're yeah. like such a cool couple. But it did mean that I was sort of like, well, I'm not going to be a super James Blake fan any longer. <laughs> like I'm certainly not going to follow him on Insta. It He's, kills the fantasy. I know. You know what it is though? I, I actually think it's a double standard because I think prof- I talked about my wife and I both work in the business. Um, I talk about this with her all the time. We got married in August. We're both kind of young for mm-hmm. marrieds but for marrieds yeah i know is How that old are you? 27 but i'm turning 28 very soon yeah, that's, but that's young especially in this business and yeah. what's interesting is like she, i was talking about it with her and she was like i just don't want to like i'm really excited to marry you but i don't want to like professionally affect my trajectory interesting and i was like well for me it's the opposite where if i'm in an interview and i tell someone i'm married they're like oh he's got his shit together yes whereas if she says it it's like uh oh she's gonna have yeah. a kid and not have our job so yeah i actually i agree with up. you mina but i think it's more i think it benefits men to be made up professionally and then i think it actually damages women in the same way that like seeing a picture of daniel craig carrying around a baby is like the hottest thing yeah in the world. it actually is <laughs> yeah. that's so true yeah and then like i feel like anytime women have children people are like but is she a good mom? Probably yeah. not, because she also has a career, and it's like that sucks. It really yeah. sucks, yeah. and it's it's funny. You like believe all this stuff, and then you like start spending your life with like a woman. You're like, oh, patriarchy is like super real. Like oh, for anyone, super, yeah, anyone who denies real. it, I'm like, that's you're just so like, yeah. do you have got blinders up? Because like it's still. Yeah. Well, the only one who ever denies that the patriarchy is real is a man. The perpetrators, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I've never seen it. You're like, like, you're okay. doing it right now. <laughs> Literally. Male privilege? I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I'm treated just um, like you. <laughs> so, Mina, you love this scene where Madeline drunkenly calls out all the other comics for not being funny. <laughs> yeah. I was cringing and loving it. I love when you go, you just, like, make funny faces. <laughs> I know, which is not true. I know. It's not true. Jessica Kirsten is so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that scene, ugh, scary. scary. Well, I have to ask. And comedy is kind of personal, too. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of subjective. Yeah. Even though I like yeah. to say, no, it's objective, some people are just not funny, and I don't get why this is even popular for like certain shows that I see. Um, I think it is very subjective because yeah. it's whatever strikes a chord with you and resonates with you that you find funny. Yeah. Yeah, the bits of truth. Yeah. My sort of favorite moment is when you go see a comedy show or a movie or a play or whatever and there's like a joke and one person laughs because mm-hmm. I'm always like what's the deal with that one right <laughs> that's like, so true I want to hang out with them yeah. absolutely like, like, and they laugh like loud 
Oh, I love it. I think that's so great. Yeah, but there's always, like, someone will probably, like, like, someone will always be a fan of, well, I don't know, maybe this isn't true. I don't necessarily agree with that. I was going to be like, someone will always be a fan of, there. you'll always have one fan if you're a comedian, but I don't I necessarily like think that's true. That you that's definitely like would have at least one person who's on one. your side. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, like your mom. <laughs> there's <laughs> someone, yeah. There's someone out there for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's gotta be. The thing Please. I loved about this scene where you're calling out the comics is like, like a lot of this episode, it was like kind of ambiguous how I was supposed to like read this. Yeah. And like, because obviously like, you were sort of professionally crossing a line and potentially jeopardizing Pete's career, but like something about Cat, like is charming and endearing, and I think it like played okay with these comics. Yeah, I think I think it's also maybe I'm delusional, but this is how I interpret it. Is like I sort of feel like there's something cool. They see there's something cool about the fact that he was willing to come do this mm-hmm. uh, and like sit in the front row and allow himself to be roasted mm-hmm. mercilessly. Yeah, and like if nothing else it's sort of like uh, well he's like at least he's got a hot girlfriend yeah and like he's got <laughs> if I may be so bold well they, they talk about it on the show and I think like it's that confidence the thing I loved about your character in this scene is she's embracing it and loving it and yeah. you get called out a little bit too and made fun of it, and you're laughing in that scene too yeah and it shows that Madeline even or uh, sorry Kat even if she's not in this world yeah. she like respects it and likes it yeah. which is a great I think co-pilot to have if you're in a relationship in that career she, yeah she respects it and likes it but she's able to like she's able to walk out of that room at the end of the night and, and say like that was funny and they're funny people but there's also a lot of sadness and mm-hmm. and to sort of be able to to act as this like I don't know like deus ex machina thing where she can like yank him mm. out of that that world and sort of remind him like this is not the real world all right. the time you know like the world of stand-up comedy is not the be-all and the end-all yeah i've heard a lot of times actors say the hardest thing to be, that you're called to do as a performer is to play drunk do you think that's true <laughs> and how did you kind of navigate that challenge in this episode oh, i love to play drunk mm-hmm. um I've just done a lot of research on it <laughs> good haven't we all <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly i think like I think the hardest thing about playing drunk is that it's it's like I th- I feel like the thing that I always heard from from acting teachers and and directors is is the secret to playing drunk is that when you are drunk it sort of depends but for the most part when you're drunk you don't really want people to know that you're drunk yeah so you're sort of trying to keep it a secret it's the same thing of like when you're crying you kind of don't want to mm. cry mm-hmm. um, and so the thing about being drunk is it's like you kind of have to somehow uh like just have it be a private experience hmm. and i don't know but gillian also was great like that was one thing that i really loved was occasionally she would just like call out and she would sort of be like you've had one more drink like <laughs> or or sort of like like let's just get a drunk laugh like give us a little drunk laugh and it was like um oh i love playing drunk it's yeah. such a blast you just get to like slur your words and kind of like let go like a little wobble bit. around. You're sort of like a baby. You become like a baby where you like can't sit up straight all the time, and you're just like, oh, good time. <laughs> you know, it's great. I I love getting getting to do it. So. That's fun. Well, it played very authentically in the show. Thank I think you. so. I'm so glad. Props. Yeah, those were not real whiskeys that I was downing. It was like no. water flavored with 
I don't know, like caramel coloring or something. Nice. It kind of tastes like a an almond, like you're drinking an almond or something. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would um, recommend it. Well, I want to move on to this final scene with what was maybe the most adorable moment of television so in cute. 2019. So cute. Before well, we do, mean anything else you wanted to discuss with comedy, with the comedy seller, before we talk about homeschool? Oh, okay, that's what I was going to say, yeah. No. Um, so, <laughs> we have this great moment between um, Cat, Kitty, as Pete calls you, and Pete, where uh, you wake him up super early, God knows when, um, it's your four-week anniversary, yeah. and you run him outside because your character... Bought an ad on a bus stop for homeschool. <laughs> on a bus. On a bus, thank you. Yeah. Um, so you had to time it right so the bus is coming at the right time. Yeah. I thought this was adorable. Mina, I don't know what you thought, but I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so cute. Yeah. I was it's like, so this cute. you're like the dream girlfriend I for know. any guy. Like, yes. I think it's so cute. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a lovely uh act of service. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally to sort of be like I'm going to help you visualize your success in a super concrete way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you don't even have to visualize it. You can just see it. I feel like Kat is the first person to truly believe in Pete. Yeah. It's interesting. Obviously, his first wife... Um, why can't I remember Lauren? Jess. Jess. Jess, thank you. I know. I just always call her Lauren. I know. I feel that way, too, because you have Pete and then you have the actresses and actors who names sometimes are... You know what I'm saying. But Jess, <laughs> I feel like, was fighting against Pete's success because that's not what she wanted for their life. Yeah. And with Allie, I feel like there was inevitably always a sense of competition, even if it was with Pete imposing it on her. So it's really probably interesting for him to have someone in his corner who like earnestly believes in him and wants to see him succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. I think it's really nice Mm -hmm. and it's so important and I think it is so powerful to like have Pete has said this or like some version of this that he's like at some point you either need to be your own cat or you need a cat like you need that sort of (laughs) the person cat you don't need a pet cat cat. all you gotta do to be successful is get a little (laughs) pet cat yeah a little furball like you need someone and it's so hard to do this for yourself so it helps when it's an external you know other person like you need someone who does that who is such a fan of you and is mm-hmm. such an advocate for you because yeah. it's so fucking hard yeah it's the i mean we all know it's the yeah. most brutal business that there is Oof. um Oof. it seems really like i'm i am like pretty i i feel i was saying to mina before we started like I had never been to the Comedy Cellar before we mm-hmm. shot this show. Like, I am not really in the world of comedy. Like, I enjoy it and appreciate it and have friends who do it, but I'm, like, not well-versed, and I don't know how it works. Like, mm-hmm. until I saw the show, I was like, I didn't know about getting past. Right. I didn't know about, like, uh, barking and exchange. I didn't know any of this stuff, and yeah. it seems so hard. And, like, in a way, kind of maybe even harder than being an actor because it's, like, like you can be a you can be an actor who there's so many different kinds of acting but it's like you can't be a comedian if you're not successfully funny like if people mm-hmm. don't laugh at your jokes you're not a comedian and that's hard mm-hmm. because as we said like humor and comedy are so right. subjective and like like not everyone is going to find the same stuff funny and it's so the weird. feedback mechanism is so tangible yeah. where it's like if you're doing a play and no one necessarily like reacts they might be liking it right but if you're a stand-up and everyone's just listening (laughs) it's probably not good horrible yeah unless it's some sort of like existential comedy (laughs) there are some of those that's true yeah which might exist yeah kind of an interesting Um, idea well we finally we have to talk about leaf um i love leaf love leaf so much we keep trying to get george basil on this show but he's been busy um but mina do you think leaf and jess are on the rocks 
Oh, 100%. Doesn't he would not great. be hanging out with Pete. That well, he also loves Pete, though. Yeah, like, I could see him no, doing this. 100% it's on the rocks. 100%. And, you know, is it? it's not the seven-year mark yet, is it? Because you're the one who knows all the stats. Right, right. No, they're not, they're not. No, I think they must only be at, like, two years, maybe. Yeah. So what happens at that point? <laughs> That's what you I want to You get say. sick of Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry to tell you that I'm not really an actuary. Oh, and I don't not. know the you statistics. You just play one. I just play oh. one on TV. Very convincing. I don't know. Though. Thank you so much. <laughs> um. <laughs> they're definitely on the rocks, though. There, there's something up. I don't. I think Jess is probably over Leaf by now. Um, and he, he, there's like <laughs> this hint of ever? jealousy that I feel from him yeah. towards Pete. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm like so confident with that. It's interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll get more Leaf later in the season as well as some more Jess. I want to move on to our special segments. We have time to chat with you as well, Madeline. Totally. But, I mean, anything else about the episode that I didn't cover or oh, that you'd like yeah, to cover? Oh, yeah, just one last thing. The yeah. homeschool thing. Oh, yeah, Cracked <laughs> me up. That was the funniest yeah. premise I have ever heard. It was so stupid, so ridiculous. <laughs> and then there was also another part of me that was like, oh, maybe this could actually work. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was a part of me that was like, I wonder if there's a way you could bring kids into your garage and have it be some inspirational. <laughs> I love when Ray Romano is like, isn't that a Dateline special? Like, yeah. it's like, to catch a predator. Yeah, like, that is a terrifying concept. I did forget to mention Ray, but of course, oh that was God. a beautiful moment when the vision board was manifest. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. That was so exciting to get to shoot that. And Ray Romano is like such a nice dude. So low. I've actually gotten to meet him. He's, He's so, so low key yeah. and like unassuming and just like, yeah. you should be more of a dick than this, Ray Romano. Like, I know. He's just like so nice. I know. But it's like now we know why everybody loves Raymond. And it's right. because he's really fucking nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's watch some David Tell, guys, and then we'll chat Yay. with Madeline after that. Special. The HBO special. Nine long years to get here. And where do they shoot it? On the set of some kind of gay porno movie. Look at that. <laughs> Caligula. Come on. This is from 96, by the way. It's from 96? Yeah. Come on. Remember? You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know you do. Oh, San Francisco, I love ye. But this is such a loud, towny, toot-toot town, isn't it? Yeah. The loudest thing are the garbage trucks. Do you hear them in the morning with that sound? You know that... Make it stop! Make it stop! Make it stop! Oh, it's going. It's going. No, wait. What is that? Can't they oil it, whatever it is? <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> David Tell, mouth sounds and comedy. I love it. Um, he's so good. He's so good. I'm I think sure. he's so brilliant. I think he's so funny. He is. He's such a... We were trying to feature comics with very specific points of view. Yeah. And he definitely shows an example of how like a targeted point of view is so essential for successful stand-up, I think. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Madeline, let's talk about you. Oh, um, God. So, <laughs> this is, I mean, you've had a very long and illustrious career, but this is kind of your first big break. It's it, it's my first TV show yeah. ever. It's my, I've never been on TV before. It's, it's Other a, than, uh, like, on the local news. When it's I was atypical teenager. that, like, this jump happens. Usually it's like, yeah. you know, I played, like, the victim in Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I know, I've and then I had, like, SVU. a little guest spot. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit about, like, this audition process and why they sort of took a chance on yeah. I mean, someone who's worked a lot, but not necessarily on TV? Yeah, no, I've done, like, a... and But also, you're very sweet to say that I've had a long, illustrious career. <laughs> it's like I've had, like, a 
a solidly downtown, you know, like low key theater career. In still New York counts. City. It still counts. Still it counts. Is a, yeah, and like I'm very lucky to even have that um, because it's, uh, you know, that's not ever, not 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 everybody does that. Not yeah. everybody can can um, do that. So I'm very lucky. But the way that this came about was um, like my manager got me the audition and I went in and Gail Keller is the casting director who was casting it and I'd never met her before and I did the audition and she was like do you live in New York and I said yeah and she's like how long have you lived in New York and I was like six years and she said why don't I know you and I said I don't know (laughs) and then and then I left and um and then like this weird thing always happens where it's like a week or so goes by and you don't hear anything and you're yep. like, well, weird. I guess I really misread how that went because I had, I felt pretty good about it. And then my manager called and was like, they loved you. They want you to go back in. And I went back in and, um, and like read with Pete and also met Judah Miller, who's the showrunner and Oren Brimmer, who's, and he's also a writer and Oren Brimmer is also a writer and he directed episode four, the mm-hmm. next episode, um, which is a great fucking episode. I'm so excited oh, for people yes. to see that. Um, and so I, I read with them and like loved them. They were just all so sweet and kind and wonderful. And then, um, and then they were sort of like, not totally sure. They were like, they were all really liked me, but they weren't sure because as you say, it was like, why would they take such a huge gamble on someone who's never been on TV, has mm-hmm. never played, you know, gang victim, right. Whatever on SVU. Um, and, uh, and so I, a couple of years ago, I started doing these things. I started doing, I would make um, self tapes using said shit that Donald Trump has said. I would, um, it started because like I, I figured out early on that I can't stand looking at him or listening to him. Right. Because it's all bad. And, um, but I still wanted to know what was happening. And so I would read transcripts of what he said. And I was reading the transcript of like the, the Republican debate when there were like 12 people in that debate it was like an insanely large debate yeah and he said he was saying the thing about his hands being small how someone had attacked him for having small hands and he was like he was like there's no problem with my hand and he like really it was like the lady doth protest too much about his hand size and i read that and i was like this reads like an svu audition side this monologue that he just gave oh my god steve in the booth Wow, I had forgotten that you had that power, Stephen. I'm so glad you used it for good and not evil. Um, and so I started making these self tapes of like myself performing Donald Trump text in various characters, and um, and so we sent those to Pete and to Judd, and it helps that Judd Apatow also fucking hates Trump and saw those and and loved them and thought they were funny and. Right. Um, and I think it was also just like like I had a really lovely connection with the people in the room mm-hmm. and and um and and Pete was excited too and he keeps on being like like you're a real actor and, <laughs> and I think he was excited about having a real actor on right. the show which was so sweet a story that I I love that I don't know that actually I've even told Pete this is that there was a moment when he called me to like prep me for the next day I was like going in the next day and he called me to sort of like walk me through what we were going to be doing like what scenes and also that we were just going to sit and chat the two Mm -hmm. of us and when he called me I was um in a public restroom and I was I was like flushing the toilet but 
he called and I didn't have time to wash my hands. This is gross, but it's <laughs> I've been fine. there though. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not gonna not take this call. Right. And so I like answered the phone, but then was very conscious of like everyone else is gonna see me and it's gonna be like that woman just didn't wash her hands. So I I was standing outside of the bathroom with my hands up like like I was a doctor who was about to scrub in. <laughs> to sort of imply, like, don't worry, I'm not touching anything, and I will go back in. And by this time, like, no one who was in the bathroom no, when they saw me, really cared. they were gone. Like, no they one were knew. all paying attention. Yeah. That's so, usually what happens is everyone's looking at us and they're they thinking stop. about all that. That's yeah. true. So That's it's true. a good thing you let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that the first time I really talked to Peter Holmes on the phone, my hands were just filthy and disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did go in, even though I knew that everyone, that, like, the, the people had cycled through. At the end of this, like, 15-minute phone call, I right. went back in and washed my hands. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I want everyone to know that I'm not disgusting. I'm not, like, a total creep. Yeah. I got that impression at first, so I'm glad you cleared it up, Madeline. Thank you That's for so great. giving me the space to do so. It's such a wonderful debut. It's such a specific Thanks. character, and your work is really great, and um, we're just so excited for what's next. We only have a couple more mean- minutes, Meanies. but Mina, do you have anything for Madeline before we make our way out? Oh, I don't know. I just really liked... I like the dynamic between you and Pete. Is there anything that happened behind the scenes that was he's, that we wouldn't know about him or like about the dynamic? You know, he's I think he is sort of an open book, but like one thing he and he loves to joke about this too is like he is, I feel like he's constantly bellowing something like keep it light or something cuz he's like I think he does sort of feel a bit of responsibility to, like, make sure that people are having fun at their job. That's very um, him. It's very him. Like, hospitality. Yeah. And, like, he talks about that on his podcast yeah. a lot. Yeah, but he really does a wonderful job of doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he knows... He's just... He, like, knows how to make people have a good time. And he's so funny. It's so funny. Like, there's a scene coming up in... Uh, I think it's episode five. It's the episode where I go to meet his parents, which is like a little bit of a fraught interaction. Or there's like a part that's a little like we had to do some serious acting. Good. And um and in between takes, he was making up this like insanely stupid song about Rodney, our <laughs> cinematographer, that was just like Rodney. He wants to go party and um. And he was singing it in this like high, high falsetto, and I was like crying with laughter in between every take. And he's just like that. He's just, I think, part of the reason, um, like we have good chemistry on screen is because he's just so easy to mm. to have good chemistry with. Like I think I think Pete could have good chemistry with like. I don't know, uh, like a tire on the side of the freeway. It's like, a two way street, though. There's something. Thank there's, you. I think it's the the unexpectedness of your courtship is really interesting as a yeah. viewer, is I yeah. think what we're getting, yeah. for me at least. Right, we're we're like not two people that you would necessarily assume would be together. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, that's also what I what I like is that, like, like Kat sees something in Pete that, like, he, there's something about each of them that it's not like a one-sided right. thing. Like, he's this sort of, like, kind, funny, stable... He feels like safe in a way that I, I suspect Kat does not usually <laughs> in those, find those kind of guys. Yeah, I think she's I get, probably yeah. been with some bad boys. Yeah. It's like uh, Prince William in a porn star. Just like yeah. yeah. I know. The Prince William thing is so funny to me. Yeah. Especially because isn't 
now that I think about it, I, I'm forgetting. But in that photo, I feel like it's also one of the things where he's like holding a baby. He's like, it's like there's so much <laughs> to unpack. It's very loaded. It's very loaded. It's a very loaded uh, vision board. Well, speaking of loaded, guys, there's plenty more in this season that we're so excited about. <laughs> of course, we will be back next week with episode four. Madeline, it was so great to have you on the show. I have loved being here. Thank Good, you thank you so me. much. And again, we're like really loving your performance. We're not just goosing you. Yeah, it's really, like, really great. That would be such a mean thing. To I know. Do. Next week, <laughs> guys. Like, yeah. Fucking. Good thing we lied to her. No, it, it makes me very gone. excited to see you more on TV because cool. I know you're going to do really cool stuff. And is there anything that is kind of in the works, or anything that you can or can't talk about? Um, nothing I can talk about, but uh, but hopefully some exciting stuff. Great. Well, if they want to keep up with you, they can do that on Twitter, right? They can do that on Twitter or on Instagram. Great. The handles are the same. It's wise underscore dumb. I love it. Um, I pronounce that wisdom, but oh. <laughs> other people. Yeah. <laughs> very, very funny. Um, yeah. Wise underscore dumb. Like nice. my last name and then like the opposite of being wise. And like the opposite funny. of being wise. I love it. Good thing you are wise. It was great to chat with you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's been a Mina, pleasure. where can the people find you online? Um, you guys can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Mina Makes Magic or go to my website MinaMahab.com And guys, you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. I will actually be covering tonight's episode of The Bachelor. I'm on the panel for that show. Whoa. I know. We uh, pretty much just shade a bunch of real people for an hour straight oh and it's god. great. Oh my god. I, re- I For a long time I resisted that I actually liked that show. Then I owned up and I was like this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. I've never so. watched it but maybe I'll watch your your wrap up. And Our wrap up. It's that uh, we definitely we come with the hot takes so you should oh definitely god. check that out. And guys, we'll be here next week at 5 p.m. Of course, talking about crashing. One more time, thanks for joining, Madeline. It's been a pleasure. Good, and we'll see you guys next week here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 